on dad's rules or dad's rules or something, but, but words of wisdom from mom just kind of sounded better. And, and I hear moms giving out wonderful safety um, instructions all the time. Like I was thinking about too, like, like what, what does your mom and dad say to you if you're walking to school? Look, look both ways before crossing the street, right? Don't talk to strangers. Some of those were in my mind, but the reason why I didn't go with like dad's rules is because dad's parent differently, you know? Kind of like, you know, if you, I go to the pool quite a bit during the summertime and, and like a mom, as they get there, says to their kid, um, no running, I don't want you to slip and fall. A dad just kind of like is there and, and they're like, wait till the kid slips and falls and then says, you, sh- you probably shouldn't run on the cement. <laughs> you know, it's, it's completely different type of advice. Or like a dad would be like, you know, I don't think that's a good idea as he's laughing at what the kid's doing. And then the kid gets hurt and then he's like, I told you not to do that. <laughs> so, so words of wisdom from mom just kind of sounded better. And, 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 and he, I got one for you. And this, wh- why do... Why does, uh, why does mom or dad repeat instructions to you? Why? So you can remember them? What else? Is it because, okay. Because you don't listen? Yeah? Is it also moms because you, there it is. Say it again. Because we love you. We tell you stuff and we give you advice and we give you guidance not to nag, not because we love this, like when you tell your kids something. We don't love this as parents. Oh. Oh. <laughs> like your life is so hard because mom or dad gave you some type of uh, instruction. Oh. <laughs> I, I, that's what you guys do. But, but we don't do it for that reason. We don't want that, 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 that sound or face given to us. It's because we love you and we think that the guidance that we give you is important. So when you hear something more than once, it's for a reason, right? It's because they care. And, and today we're going to be looking at something because as we get ready to close Romans chapter 16, he's going to be talking about something and about some causing divisions and obstacles and, and things that get in the way of our growth. And, and, and if you really, I'm, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but we see that throughout a lot of what he writes in Romans. So because he's repeating it to us, I want us to hear it and I want us to understand why it's important as we get ready to close Romans. So with that, let's pray. And then we're going to look at Romans chapter 16, verses 17 to 20. And I don't even know how much of this text we're going to get through. We'll get through a couple of the verses, but we'll see. So let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, may you, um, may you just be at work here. May you speak to our hearts, our minds, our souls. May you be the giver of faith. And may you protect it. And may you use the body of Christ to strengthen it and preserve it as well. In your name we pray. Amen. Romans chapter 16, verse 17 to 20. Uh Uh-oh, I'm going to read from my sheet. Here's what it says. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teachings that you have learned. Keep away from them, for such people are not serving our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. 
By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive the minds of naive people. Everyone has heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. The grace of, or the, the, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. There it is. You know, as a, as a, as a preacher, there's something that, that I don't like that other preachers sometimes do. And, and it's when a preacher says something like this. He says, in conclusion, or then he'll say something like, or I want to leave you with my final thought, or my final point is, and then the next thing you, so you hear those words, and then what do you expect? You kind of expect for the sermon to start wrapping up. And I am one that as I hear those words and I'm sitting there, if someone says something like that, then I start to like, okay, it's going to be over. It's going to be over. Like I, I, I just, I, 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 I attach on to those words. But then every now and then one of the things I hate is when a preacher starts to preach about something else and they keep going. And Andrew, what do we call that when a preacher doesn't know how to finish a sermon? Not the That's exactly what I have in my notes. <laughs> He doesn't know how to land the plane. He comes in, he maybe like hits the runway, maybe you've seen a video of that, and then they kind of pop back up. That's what we call it. That's what we call that. So we can, so I, and when I read this, and I read Romans chapter 16, I start to think that because what Paul's writing about, if you were to be, if you read the chapters this week, then you're looking at it, and he's greeting all these people, all these brothers and sisters in Christ. He's greeting them and greeting them and greeting them. That's the first like 16 verses of this take care of this person, greet this person, and he does it. And then verse 17, I urge you, brothers and sisters, he goes right back into it, to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teachings that you have heard. By smooth talk and flattery, they deceive. See, what Paul is doing in his closing of his book is similar to how he opened it. You know, he's repeating himself because he just goes through the list of names of people that he cares about who, who have grace, who know what grace is by faith. And as he's reading through the names, it strikes his heart and reminds him not to ever let go of that. That's what's important. And, and, and this is, like I said, it's kind of how he starts in chapter 1. Of Romans, verse 21, 22, it says, For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God nor gave thanks to him, but, but their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And they claimed to be wise, but they became fools. And these are the people that Paul is talking about to be careful of. And again, in Romans chapter 2 and 5 and verse 8, it says, Because of your stubbornness and your unrepented heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. And then verse 8 says, For those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there will be wrath and anger. And here we have it. After he greets all these people, he says to them again, I urge you, brothers, and as the NIV says, sisters, brothers and sisters, to be on guard, to be ready. Paul is opening and closing with similar words. This is a warning to them about people who don't trust in the Lord, but trust in their own ways. Going back to the intro, words of wisdom from my mom. I remember my mom telling me not to talk to strangers when I was younger. I remember other people telling me to, that too. And now as a parent, there is nothing weirder than a 30-year-old person walking up to an 8-year-old kid and trying to be their friend. You know what I mean? 
If, 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 if you don't go, whoa, like why are you, what do you, what do you, you don't need to be best friends with my son, my daughter. You know, like, now if they know you, that's one thing. But it, the thing is, don't talk to strangers. And what my mom was doing and what my teachers were doing was they were telling me to be careful of who I allow to get too close to me. And Paul here is using very strong words. He has warned them to watch out for those who cause divisions and put obstacles in the way of their solid teachings that they have received. Do you protect certain things? Like, for example, your wealth. We, we as Americans, and probably everybody, but like as Americans, we love our wealth. We do. We like to protect it. And if we were to sit around and think about ways that we protect our wealth, you know, well, we keep going out and trying to earn more. We'll switch jobs to get, a, 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 get paid more. Um, we, we manage our, our 401ks or our mutual things. And, and I'm not saying any of this is bad, but what I'm saying is this. We protect it. We watch out what we spend money on. You know, like, if I can't afford that, 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 that new gator that my neighbor has, but, like, I'm jealous that he has it and I want one, and I really have a, don't have a yard or a need for it either, but, like, I want it, but I protect my, my, my income by not getting it. And, 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 and we protect certain things. We t- hopefully, we protect our marriages, Right? Hopefully we protect our marriages, and, and what we do with that is, is that we spend time with our spouse, we, we encourage our spouse, we tell our spouse we love them, we, we go on dates and, and read God's word together, or we pray together. You know, hopefully we're protecting and investing in that marriage, and what Paul is saying here is he isn't telling them to guard the things that you have been taught. Protect it. And he's not being subtle. These are very um, urgent and direct, aggressive words. You know, I once remember a time one night when I was sleeping and my dad came to my room to wake me up. My dad didn't always give me the best advice in life, but I remember this time uh, that my dad came in my room and he woke me up, and 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 it had to be like three or four in the morning, and and my dad comes in my room and he wakes me up and he kind of, he kind of, shakes me and wakes me up, and I look at him, and I'm like, man, what did I do wrong, you know, like, why would he be waking me up, and he looks at me, and he goes, don't do drugs, that's what he said to me, don't do drugs, and my dad's not the goody, goody two-shoe type of guy, because he put it in perspective, my dad has given me <laughs> some advice that isn't always good, or he's encouraged, I remember one time I got in a fight at high school, I was a senior in high school, I got in a fight, he comes to pick me up, I'm about to be suspended for at least five days. I think it was five days. And my dad picks me up from school because I have to go home immediately. Um, and, and my dad walks in and goes, well, who did you fight? And I saw oh, the guy in the other room. So my dad just kind of pops his head in the room and sees the guy, comes back in our room and goes, you fought him? Nice. <laughs> the, the, the dude was six foot eight. And my dad, so like my dad's not the goody two-shoe type, but he woke me up and said, and then he's like, don't do drugs. And, and, and the next day when, he, when, when we talked a little bit more, I, I hope I'm remembering the story right. There was a guy who was on drugs. He jumped off a bridge. His friends watched him. I think they were having fun. And the kid's legs shot up into his body and he ballooned out like a marshmallow. And it freaked my dad out to no end. And, 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 and the kid died. And, 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 and 
is waking me up. His strong words, his yelling at me was so that I knew to stay away from something that could hurt me. The words of Paul here are strong and intended to remind those who were following Christ of their desire, following Christ and their desire and intentions to not stray. This isn't any different from what we face today. We send our kids to youth group, kids club, 456. We teach, the, we teach our kids about Jesus. And why do we do this? Because we want to raise them in the faith. Because we are revealing to them that we worship a God who died for us, that we place our faith in, that it is not about what we do, but it is about what he does for us. We come here and we hear that all that he has done for us. And now he desires to have a relationship. And Paul is, is urging them to protect that. This isn't just a task for some of us. This is the task for the body. Paul goes through and, and he lists the, 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 the people that he's greeting in, in the first 16 verses. And when you read it, a lot of times you, you just read it and, you, and you're looking at the names and there's, they're male and they're female. They're people that Paul has come across or he's heard about. They're people who have a faith. And, 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 and he says, I urge you, brethren, to look out. That's what Andrew was kind of preaching on in, in, in Romans chapter 14. Accept the one whose faith is weak without curling or disputable matters. Later on in that same chapter, he says, for none of us lives to, for ourselves. None of us dies for our, ourselves alone. Therefore, let's make every effort to do what leads to peace and mutual edification. Then in chapter 15, it says, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for their good to build them up. And here he says, brothers and sisters, watch out. He, and collectively, look out for those who are causing divi divisions and obstacles. Week, week one in, in the book of Romans, when we were there, I talked about a term, and, and, and it was the word theology. The word theology is defined as the study of the nature of God and religious beliefs. It's, 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 our, it's, it's our formulation of thoughts on God and, and who he is and, and, and who he's not and, and all that stuff. And when we think about these things, when we think about our theology, there's many different subjects when we think about this. You know, there's theology on, on who Jesus is. There's our theology on the Trinity. There's our theology on communion and baptism. There's our theology on, on, on the Sabbath. All those things make up our, our, our theology. But if I were to ask you, what's the most important theology you need to know, that you need to understand, that you need to grasp, if there's one theology that you really hope that you can pass on to your kids someday, what would that one theology be? I'm asking. In a nutshell. The gospel in a nutshell. Who said that? Absolutely. I didn't put it on here because I was hoping someone would say that. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. That's a that's great phrasing of it. I, I have a slide. You can go to the next one. I just put faith in Christ. Jesus Christ, 
who is God, came into this world to die for our sins, and that by believing, having faith in the work of Christ, his life, his death, his resurrection, we are saved. Is that, is that good? Is that okay? You know, this is what Romans is all about. We wrap up the 16 chapters of Romans. This is what it all comes down to. You can go to the next slide. I gave you a bunch of verses. I tried to bold the, the, the one part that I'm going to read, but like when I went through Romans, I was just looking at this, and, and these are all the verses that point to having, and this is not all of them. I shouldn't say that in Romans. I just kind of skipped through and found them quickly. But these are the, some of the verses that point to us having a faith in Jesus because of what he has done. And it's full of it. Romans 3, chapter 22 to 25 says, this righteousness is given through faith. And I need us to stop and hear that. This righteousness, that we receive, Christ's righteousness, it doesn't say that it's received or given to you because you're a good person or because you do good things. Right? If it says it in there, I need to know because I'm, I'm doing something wrong, okay? But it doesn't say that. It says this righteousness is given through faith. He gives us faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by what? Faith. Not through works, not through deeds. And what Paul is saying when he is writing this is he says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to protect that which you have been taught. You know, we're going to be moving into a different sermon series like Pastor Andrew said, and on life priorities, and we're going to be spending like eight weeks doing this, and we're going to go through how we place God first, and, and then our spouse second, and then our kids third, and, and then, and then uh, work fourth, and then there's another one after that. But, but, um, but you know, it's, 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 those things are important. And, 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 and the way that we live out our faith is important, and, and, and it is important for us to understand that everything that we have when it comes to our relationship with God is given to us through faith in the work of Jesus Christ. This is our obedience. Our, our obedience is that we rejoice and that we share and that we teach the works of Jesus Christ and not our own. Do you believe this? Do you believe it's not about your works and it's important for us to understand this because here's what, you know, we think, man, that's a simple understanding of who God is, you know, like it is simple. But for some reason, there are those out there who, as I said when we first started, <clears throat> who, who want to uh, cause divisions and put obstacles in the way that are contrary to the teachings. There are those out there who don't want you to believe there's those out there who want you to believe that it's not just Jesus, but it's Jesus and something else. If you don't believe me, go talk to somebody. Go talk to one of your friends and say to them, do you believe in God? The number of people who believe in God is amazing. Yeah, of course I do, yeah, yeah. If, if you were to die today or, or you were to stand before God, you know, would you go to heaven or hell? Oh, I'd go to heaven. I'm a good person. That is what people say. 
That's what they say all the time. That's what I said growing up. Like when someone first asked me, are you going to go to heaven or hell? Heaven. Why? I'm a good person. No, I'm not. And no, I wasn't. I knew it as the words came out of my mouth that I was a liar. But people think that. They think they're good. They don't think they have a need for Jesus. They think that God is up there and he is watching what they do. And as long as the good outdoes the bad, that they're okay. And we don't see that anywhere in Scripture. It is our job, it is our, not job, it is our gift to us to be able to share that which we have been taught. It is for us to protect it. It's, it's what I want my kids to know. The legacy that I want to leave my kids is not one of wealth, it's one of words. And it's, and it's, it's in the words of Jesus Christ and what he does for us. So I say again, do you believe this? If you believe this, if you believe that you are a sinner, a person who makes mistakes, a person who hurts others, a person who is selfish, a person who is greedy, lustful, hateful, a liar, if you believe this, if you're one of those people and you believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, all those sins I mentioned and more, then what Jesus does is he invites us to come and sit at the table with him. He invites us to come and, and, and commune with him and have communion with him. And he says, I pour out my body and I, I shed my blood for you. We'll put the verse back up from Romans chapter 3, 25. Yeah, that one. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and Gentile for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And all who... And all are justified freely by his grace, the redemption that came by Jesus Christ. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the, the shedding of his blood and, by, and to be received by faith. As we get ready to do communion, that is what communion is all about. Communion is about believing that right there. You know what Jesus says? He says these words. All of you who are weary or burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. When he's saying that, he is saying, if you know that you have sin, if you know that, that, that you are dealing with things that you can't deal with, all your sin, all your shame, all of it, give it and cast it to me and I will take care of it. It's one of the best invitations you can ever receive. At this time, what we're going to do is we're going to take communion. If you know that you are a sinner, then take this moment. And I'm going to ask you to, to, to bow your heads and, and just pray and, and, and confess to, to our Lord, even if it's with the simplest words. Just confess your sins. So take this moment and just pray to God. Thank Jesus for, for him graciously taking our sins. Amen.
we have a promise in the scriptures that says this, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If you hear those words, it is saying he, it is all about what he does. He is the faithful one and he will forgive us of our sins and, and purify us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And when you hear that, it's not some of it, it's not just the big ones, or it's not just the small ones, it's all of them. And when we confess those sins, he is faithful and just. He wants them all. When he went to the cross, he died for all of our sins. At this time, I'll have the the ushers come up, and we'll distribute the elements. If you are uh, new to Emmaus Road Church, then... uh, Here's who gets to take communion here. All of those who call on the name of Jesus Christ. If you are confessing your sins and you believe in the life, the works of Jesus, his life, death, and resurrection, and you know that he has died for you, then then you get to sit at that table. So, freely take what he has given to you in communion this morning. Uh, Also, we'll distribute the elements, and then we'll hold on to them, and then and then uh, we'll take them together at one time, okay? So, the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the body of our Lord Jesus Christ given for you. Thank you. 
valor de escolhas que ele viu. Estudar é valor. Estudar é valor de escolhas que ele viu. The body of our Lord Jesus Christ given for us. Take and eat. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ shed for you. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ shed for you. Lord Jesus Christ shed for you. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ shed for you. The blood of our Lord Jesus Christ shed for each one of us. Take and drink. Thank you guys. I don't know what's next. <laughs> Is there a song? Yes. It says Soul on Fire. At this time, <laughs> the praise team will come up and, and close with the song.